Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. So if you have been part of the Rising Above family for any length of time, you have heard us talk over and over again about the importance of being in community with other people who get and understand our lives. And so that is why we at Rising Above offer community groups for our families that meet via Zoom all throughout the week. We have groups for dads. We have groups for moms. You know, I get to lead a group on Wednesdays, and I literally have moms from all around the world who join together. We spend an hour together just encouraging each other, sharing life together. You know, some people think you can't have true community through a computer screen. And yes, being face-to-face is absolutely the best. But I will tell you, I have so grown to love and know these moms that I'm in this community group with each week. And they are such an important part of my life. So I just encourage you, if you've not already checked out the groups that we have available Go to our website, go to our app. You will find them all listed. See if there's a time that works for you. And I know you'll be encouraged when you get to spend time with other parents who are walking a similar journey and encourage each other as you live out your life each day, raising your amazing children. Now, my guest today is Mallory Brown and Mallory is married to her college sweetheart, Tom. She has two children, Julie, age seven, and Adam, age four, and Adam was just recently diagnosed with autism. So Mallory is very new on this journey. And you know, I love getting to share stories here on the podcast of people on different places in this journey. And so we're going to get to hear from a mom today who's just starting out. We had such a sweet conversation, and I know that you will enjoy getting to meet Mallory and hearing more about her story. So here's the conversation that I had with Mallory Brown. Hey, Mallory, thank you so much for joining me today on the Rising Above podcast. I'm excited to get to meet you. Thank you for having me, Becky. I am absolutely thrilled to be able to sit down and talk to you and um, share my story with you. I'm very humbled. Well, I know my team here at Rising Above, Kim and Carissa, they went to Inclusion Fusion Live a couple of weeks ago and they met you there and came back and was they were like, you need to record Mallory for the podcast. So <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to do that. They were excited about meeting you there and seeing some of the things that you were offering there, which we'll talk about here in the podcast. So thanks for being here. And I would love to know, this is the first time we've met. So I would love to know a little bit about your family and where you live. So share with our listeners a little bit about you. Absolutely. Well, like I said, Becky, it's my absolute pleasure to be here. Um, I currently live with my family um, in Sellersburg, Indiana, which is the very most southern tip um, of Indiana. It's just over the river from Louisville, Kentucky. So we actually are coming up on five years of living here. Um, my family and I were originally Buckeyes, so we're from the from Ohio. But uh, about five years ago, um, my husband's job led us here for promotion that he took. And at that time, um, my daughter, Julie, was three and I was pregnant um, at the time that I didn't know with our son, Adam. I knew I was pregnant. We just didn't know he was a boy yet. So just kind of some things coming out in the mix. But anyways, we have been raising our family here. And during that time, 
Um, the past five years, I transitioned from being um, a full-time occupational therapist to a stay-at-home mom. Um, we just had like just a mixed bag of trying to figure out um, childcare needs and work-life balance for me. And it just more what we see now, it was a push from God just for me to stay home, be home with the kids. And um, yeah, so that was just like a blessing in disguise. I didn't yeah. know at the time it was yeah. definitely an eye opener for me. Um, I wasn't, I didn't ever really view myself as like stepping into the role of being a stay at home mom to raise our daughter, Julie, and then, you know, our son, Adam, which their age is now Julie is seven and, um, Adam is four. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about our family. I'm married to my husband, Tom. And he's my college sweetheart. We just celebrated our 10-year wedding anniversary. Wow, congratulations. Now, I know that uh, your son uh, is, has been diagnosed with autism. So tell us a little bit about that. What, uh, what was that like getting that diagnosis? What led you to seeking out that diagnosis? Well, um, he was actually diagnosed this past fall with autism. And... I will say it was probably around the 18 months to two year mark. Um, we were going to one of his well visits and we had been more concerned about his speech. Adam really wasn't talking. Um, and that was more of our biggest concern. And then, mm -hmm. you know, he had some intermittent ear infections. And so there's just like, you know, some overlapping things. We're like, okay, there's something going on. We just want to make sure we're taking measures for that. So at that time, we were referred to an ENT to make sure he didn't have any hearing loss. Cause mm -hmm. we also didn't know, like, are you not talking? Cause we have some sort of hearing deficit. Um, he had his hearing checked a couple of times. Everything was a hundred percent, which I think just from like, like, I don't want this to sound bad, but it was almost like, okay, this would have given us a more like definitive answer. Like, okay, right. you're, you're deaf or you have a hearing loss. This isn't why you're talking or not talking. So that led us then to starting to get evaluations. Um, we started with speech and then speech also recommended OT. And um, yes, he had a sig significant speech delay um, is kind of what they phrased it at first. Um, and so we basically started doing therapy for about, about a year. And then um, coming up on Adam's three-year well visit, um, I'm sure you're familiar with like at the pediatrician's office, how you have to fill out a bunch of paperwork, like milestones, like, right, can, can your child right. do this list, mm -hmm. this activity? And I think by the time I was like, this was like a six page packet. And by the time that I hit like the second page, I was like, I couldn't answer any of these questions. Mm, yeah. And it was starting to highlight, not just like the speech, but it was really starting to highlight to me, like he had some delays and issues yeah. with sensory and processing, like all these other things. And with my background of being an occupational therapist, yeah. that was like, I almost felt embarrassed because um, I was like, Lord, this is my profession, mm. but I've only ever worked in hospital and rehab settings with adults. So like, it's foreign to you. It's totally different. It's totally different. Yeah. Yes. So anyways, that nudged us to, well, the pediatrician referred us to, um, we needed to go see a specialist up in Indianapolis to get tested. And she brought me in this other form we filled out and talked about it. And 
yeah, it was glaring that there was some something mm-hmm. else going on. And she had mentioned yeah. the word autism and I just immediately started crying. I think not because like it was like, if it was going to be that type of diagnosis, it was more of, I felt like I had missed something as his mm-hmm. mom. Like yeah. I felt like I had dropped the ball. I'm like, how, mm-hmm. do, how does something like this right in front of me? I'm a stay at home mm-hmm. mom. How do I miss something like that? So this began a season of waiting and this is during the, you know, all this is happening during the period of a pandemic. Yeah. Um, so we had to wait because the waiting list is so long for that regardless. Mm-hmm. COVID slowed everything down. So it was another six months before we, we even received a phone call to get him in to be tested. Yeah. So that was over the course of last summer. And every day wow. I just, Becky, honestly, it was my husband and I just, continued to, you know, pray and give it to God because, you know, something my husband's really good about is just encouraging me to stay present. Um, we can't worry about something that hasn't happened yet. And then we don't know mm-hmm. the answers to. Um, so honestly, I actually felt a lot of peace leading up to this appointment that we had last September. And so when we finally got the phone call, it was like within a 48 hour window, we were up there getting his stat testing. And like through the interview process with the specialist there, um, he started to do more of like the physical testing part of like, she was asking Adam to do things and interact. And it was just almost like this revelation, this epiphany. I just remember sitting in that little testing room and I was like, oh my goodness, Adam has autism. Like it just was like this light bulb went off. Yeah. And honestly, I think because I had already started to like process the possibility that our Mm -hmm. our son has um, unique needs and, you know, is going to need a little bit more help along the way that I didn't feel like consumed with that. I just honestly felt at peace. And and one thing I am grateful for, because my husband is very, he's just very, he is steadfast and just in our relationship, like I know that I probably carry a lot more of the emotion and just Mm -hmm. seeing his calmness through all of this has helped me walk through this as well, because it's our son. It's not just me. It's not just, but it's, it's us as a family. Doing it together. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. And he's helped to set the tone for how it's going to impact everybody in your family. And that's so huge. Yes. Um, that, that, that happens. And so, I mean, like you are fresh on this journey, like how many months <laughs> has it even been a year yet? It hasn't even been a year yet. Has so, it? Yes. Yeah, so let's see here. I'm really horrible at math. I'm a visual person. So October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, this is month eight of technically wow. having a diagnosis. But what is so crazy to me, Becky, is we almost felt like this it was an answer prayer, mm-hmm. right? We now right. have a little bit more of like the the backbones as to maybe why we're having the sensory and the speech mm-hmm. and those types of things. But it has opened the door for other opportunities that allowed him to get into our integrated preschool program here at Silver Creek, which is the school system that we're in. And he actually, it like, just there wasn't a question because of his diagnosis that he was going to be able to get in and receive yeah. school services mm-hmm. and being in a social setting and in an integrated group where there's other kids dealing with similar things or on a different level, you know, other children with autism or some sort of like learning disability or Down syndrome. There's a whole 
you know, host of other children that he's around as well as model students. So he's mm-hmm. in the mix of it and being introduced to that as well as um, the weekly Bible study group that him and I go to for women and children has just been a blessing having wow. that structure and routine. It's yeah. just, I just couldn't be more grateful because it just really opened up the door for us to start exercising um, other things that are out there, you know, that the diagnosis has provided yeah. in that sense. Well, so you've just got the diagnosis. You're doing all the therapies, doing all the things. He's in this great school. How does the autism impact him day to day? So like, is it, what's his verbal level? Kind of how, I know he's got some sensory issues. So how does the autism impact his day-to-day life? I think the, the biggest thing, like if I had to say, um, is him being able to communicate his needs. So mm-hmm. for the mom or the curious listener out there about my son's um, physical level, he walks, he's very tall, very strong, just like he's very able-bodied. So he's able to do things, but in terms of like um, functionally caring for himself, like, you know, he's still wearing a diaper. We haven't ventured into potty training. Um, You know, I still help him get dressed and he tries to help brush his teeth a little bit. Um, But his biggest thing is being able to communicate what his needs are. Mm -hmm. And so you know, yes, he's, he's able to repeat a lot more. He's able to, like, he does really well with singing, like when music is on and things that are like familiar songs that way, he does really well. Um, so he, he is, he really has made like leaps and bounds with being able to say a couple things, um, stringing more and more words together. So yeah. it just basically boils down to like, say that he's hungry, for instance. Um, you know, he doesn't come up to me and say, mom, I want food. He might go over to the pantry and open the door and pull out like, you know, a thing of goldfish. Um, so it's more of just like learning to make that connection that he can say things to me when he wants them. And if I'm not Mm -hmm. understanding what he wants, he's doing so much better with how he's expressing his frustration. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's difficult too. Like he, might be insistent on doing something and then it comes out in a, you know, type of cry or a wail or something like that. And sometimes that brings you to your knees because you're like, I, I'm so sorry. Like I I'm trying, like, I don't know what exactly you need. Mm -hmm. And he's doing so much better at like taking my hand or my husband's hand and leading us to Mm -hmm. like what he needs help with. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as a mom of a son who's now 24, who's nonverbal, as a mom, that is so hard when our kids are hurting or they want something or they need something and they cannot tell us what it is and how frustrating it is for us, but how frustrating it is for them, you know, but it it breaks your heart as a mom, Mm -hmm. You know, to to know that maybe they're in pain or maybe they're sick and they, they don't have a way to tell you other than through their behavior. And so, um, you know, for him to have a way, that's great that he can lead you and show you now kind of what he wants. I know that gives you some peace of mind yes. uh, to be able to understand what he's wanting and needing. And so when you look at your sweet son, what is it about him? You know, a lot of people look at our kids with special needs and they only see the disability. They only see the special need, the, their unique needs. What is it about your son as as his mom that you love most about him? 
I honestly think it's his, it's several things. I mean, I love, I love my family to pieces and yes, I love Adam to pieces. He, I think it's just, he loves hard. Like he, Mm. he, I don't know how to describe it. Like he, like, so when he comes up to me or my husband, it's like the biggest like bear hug. And he just is in the best way possible, right Mm. in your face, smothering you with kisses, like him learning how to like give kisses and blow kisses Mm -hmm. and his belly giggles on just like when we're so present with him, like, it's just, it's just awesome. And his curiosity, um, honestly, like cars are some of his favorite things. Like he likes these little mini die cast cars. And I, um, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to this later, but with some of my personal writing, I don't, put this out for public, but just things that I've journaled from my own processing and just my spiritual growth and things like that. But I can remember writing like how much I admire my son's, um, he's so intently focused is kind of how mm. I describe it. It's just, yeah. sometimes he can get so laser focused in on like driving his cars across the table or doing whatever that's capturing his attention it's all of him. He's completely invested in that. And mm-hmm. I admire that because living in a world with so many distractions and so many yeah. other things going on, sometimes it's hard to reel it in and be able to focus like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he is. And I think just his, his carefreeness. I love that. He makes me be more present and it draws my attention to stop what I'm doing. Um, actually it makes me think of a story. I could actually, I can think of probably several occasions. Um, I FaceTime with my sister, who's like my best friend. We probably FaceTime like every day or every other day. And, um, she lives back in Ohio. So it is hard from a relational standpoint, not being able to see my big sister and be able to have that kind of day to day with her. But anyhow, there's been some days I've probably FaceTimed her and I was just crying and she's just, you know, you know, ask me what's wrong and basically what it would boil down to sometimes and not just Adam, but just being a stay at home mom in the sense, you know, yes, I have a child with special needs, but also just being a mom. I was just so frustrated at the lack of control. Like I might've had in my head, I got to get X, Y, and Z done today. I need to have this done. And, but yet there's this other pull because I have my children here who I, you know, want to foster and help them grow and nurture. But I, it's like, sometimes we get so focused on other stuff we're missing being present. And, and my sister just like has lovingly pointed out to me sometimes she's like, just stop what you're doing. I know you're frustrated. I know sometimes like it's hard to lay down being a control freak, but she's like, just go love on your kids. Yeah, because they're ready to yeah. love on you, both Julie mm-hmm. and Adam, and mm-hmm. and that stops me too from trying to like grip onto this sense of control in any facet. Yeah. Like, yeah, whether you're whether the people that are listening have children with special needs or not, it's just surrendering to being present and knowing that God mm-hmm. is with you in that time is is huge. It's been huge yeah. for me. Yeah. Well, I know you wrote in the information that you shared with us before we started started recording. You said. God uses the very thing in our life that we say we would never do. (laughs) And he uses it for spiritual growth in our faith. And, you know, that is so true. I remember looking back uh, before I had John Alex and I, I ran into a family that had a child with special needs. And I remember thinking, I could never do that. 
And yet here I am 24 years later, you know, and all the things that I've learned on this journey through my son, it's amazing. And so what do you mean by that? That God will use the very thing in our life that we say we would never do. And he uses it for spiritual growth in our faith. Oh, well, it points back to me. I touched on being a stay-at-home mom. I can remember early in um, my years of marriage, and I don't know if I verbalized it to my husband at the time or if it was just something, a mantra I'd put in my head, like going through school and grad school, you know, working so hard to get my degree to be an OT. And I just had always envisioned, like, I'm going to be a full-time working mom, wife, whatever. And I was like, I'm never going to be a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> and yeah. honestly, and I have so much shame in saying this, but until you step both your feet into that role and completely immerse yourself, I didn't have the respect for like other people who did that. I think I just didn't understand. I think because I like, I mean, my mom was part time, but she was also still super busy. So I never like had the, like a mom who is fully at home. Like I always just kind of thought like, that's just what you do. Like, I didn't realize being a stay at home mom is like, one of the most hardest, but humbling roles that I feel like I could ever step into and that God has ever graced me with. Because I think uh, a battle that I had within myself for a long time, like, you know, four years ago at the beginning of this, four to five years ago when I was stepping into this, I God was actually stripping away a lot of other things that I was holding onto too tightly. And being a stay-at-home mom has just humbled me in so many ways. Everything mm-hmm. from, you know, if people want to look at it from a monetary standpoint, you feel like you're working for free. But, <laughs> like, it, that sounds so, like, I don't, that probably sounds bad, right? But what I've realized is the work that I'm doing is, like, I'm internal, eternally investing in my children, in my family, but he's mm-hmm. also growing me to trust him. like. Yeah, the trust there has grown exponentially because, you know, I am trusting that God is is going to meet me where I am from everything from, you know, our provisions and how he provides through my husband's job financially, but also giving me the energy and the patience to care and nurture for my family that I have that privilege to do that. And mm-hmm. like, and that's huge. Again, with a child with special needs or not, that's for both, you know, both of my children. Yeah. So it is, it's humbled me, it's shaped me, and it's actually stripped away a lot of the things that I thought were necessities, which were, I now see were wants. Mm-hmm. And um, they didn't align with God's desires for me any anymore, yeah. you know? And, you know, I know you talked about, you have a daughter, Julie, who's seven. So you've got two kids. So you've, we've got the sibling dynamic that goes on there um, when you're in a family who, who has a child with special needs. So talk about a little bit about Julie and about how she's responded to her brother and kind of what their relationship looks like. Oh, Julie absolutely loves Adam. She dotes on him. She is definitely mommy and daddy's big helper. She is such a wonderful sport and knowing that like Adam needs I think she's starting to recognize he needs a little bit more help and a little bit more attention at times, but she is just so endearing with him. Like just even yesterday, (laughs) we had um, some time to spare between therapy and her soccer practice. So the field we actually go to has a, a playground there. And 
I just like love watching them play together because they ride down the slide together. They sit together where she's, she's open and inviting to him and like helping him or climb up something, doing the slide together, or she'll try to like lift him up to like reach a bar. And she's like, look, mom, I'm helping Adam. Like I just, Uh, and it's not prompted. Those types of things aren't prompted by my husband or I, or he's been dealing with some diaper rash, poor buddy. And like when I'm changing his diaper, he might be crying. And my daughter's bringing over a wind up teddy bear that like, it's like the, it was actually my teddy bear from when I was a kid. This thing is ancient. Um, but she loves to, is the ones with the wind up key in the back and it plays Jack and Jill, that nursery rhyme song. Uh-huh. So she brings it, like she does stuff like that and hands it to him because she wants to make him feel better. Yeah. Just, she is, she, and she does such a great job of interacting with him. Like, I think one of my favorite things is while I'm cooking, we have a pretty open uh, floor plan on our main floor with like our kitchen, our dining room and our living room. It is very open. And so I can see everything that's going on and just like, they just chase each other around the kitchen table and giggle. And then they jump on the couch or land on a pile of pillows and um, me getting over my <laughs> OCDness of wanting things to be in their place. I just, just right. Just yeah. let it go. Like, yeah. okay, they're going to pull all the blankets and pillows so they can dive into mm-hmm. it or whatever they're doing. But yeah. the belly laughs and the giggles and them just being brother and sister and her just loving on him. Like, I, I love yeah. it so much. That's so sweet. And you pray that continues on <laughs> as they as they grow and get older. And uh, yeah. so, you know, when when you look at your family, what are some of the things you guys like to do as a family? Honestly, just be together. Like we love to hike. So something, and this kind of stemmed from like, I'm an old college volleyball player. And so I've had a whole host of knee surgeries. So it's kind of limited in the sense of like, not going to do anything too crazy, but my husband is just really like great at creatively thinking outside of the box of things that we can do together that are really life-giving and hiking has been that for our family. Mm, so good. we really started to explore that after Adam was born. So we do have the hiking pack, you know, me, Tom and Julie have our hiking shoes and like, there's lots of little state parks and different things around where we live here in Southern Indiana. It's just a really beautiful area for us to do hiking. We love to take family walks. Um, Julie now rides her bike. And Adam is, we've actually been exploring for him to be out, out of the stroller, like him actually like learning to walk on the sidewalk next to us. So things like that, playing mm-hmm. outside in the backyard. Um, I don't know. We just, we like to do all the things together and just be yeah. present, go to the zoo. Um, yeah. And it's, I don't know, just finding more of like the simple, like doing like a little mm-hmm. picnic at a park and just having yeah. fun and being present with the kids that way. Like we, we love it. Well, I know you have a little side hustle. You, you, you're your stay-at-home mom, but you have a side hustle too, um, called open door encouragement. So that's how actually my team met you because you were at this conference sharing what about your little business, the side business that you have. So tell us about that and about your bobblegrams and, why you started that. Absolutely, Becky. Um, yeah, so I would definitely phrase open door encouragement as um, a ministry. I don't know how that's growing in the grand scheme of things that I'm totally turning over to God's hands, but basically um, open door encouragement has been 
organically growing in my heart over the past, you know, let's just say five years. It's just kind of stemmed from there. So basically in this chapter of life, I definitely went on a just a deeper seek of knowing who God is and more intimately walking with Jesus and really being disciplined and, you know, spending that time in the morning and his word through journaling and writing. I've always been a doodler and I found a lot more of my journal entries made more sense when I was like drawing themes and it would almost just like come out in pictures. Like if you ask any one of my <laughs> college or high school friends, I, my page would be highlighted and colored to the nines, just like with pictures and different things. Cause I've always been a visual person, but, um, between that and, um, as a, as a high schooler, my dad actually gave me and my sister, um, Bible verses written out sorted by topic on index cards. And we had like a little makeshift mailbox on the side of our dresser that he gave to us. Oh, I that's think, so sweet. Well, I think he did that collectively over a year. He might correct me on that later. I don't know the exact timeline, um, but I was in high school. And so basically still to this day, I have two index card boxes filled with all of the Bible oh, wow. verses. By what a legacy. Oh, I love it. Wow. <laughs> and it really is a gift that keeps on giving, just sharing that with others. But between that and my desire just to share God's word in like a simple, uplifting, encouraging way but also prompting like us to be able to take time. Like it doesn't have to be some big grandiose thing, you know, to look in God's word and get to know God. Um, I think sometimes, and I did this for a long time. I tried to make it some bigger thing than what it was, but in what God had been revealing to me through this time with him and just how it stemmed into making Bible grams. Like I at first just was kind of doodling stuff on cards and then, um, some really wonderful people introduced me to Canva and it became a digital thing. And it yeah. just over time, these little steps that I just kept saying yes. And it's now turned into the website where I post all of my um, Bible grams on there, sorted by topic. Um, I have an Instagram handle. So there's some people that are more into the social media thing. They can find them there. But ultimately what's on my heart down the road is to be able to mail them out for free to people. Um, have you heard of uh, our daily bread ministries? No, I haven't. Okay. So they're sourced, I think, out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And just from my childhood and still to this day, like I get their monthly devotional. It's mm. a it's a free mail. Yeah. They have tons of free resources, but I read their devotion. And to me, that's I think always like I've always been like into mail, getting something that's nice. Mm -hmm. It's not a bill, right. it's not some right. mail. I really have it on my heart too have these made because I, I like to make cards. It's also a thing, but it all just kind of pulls together and I want to mail people Bible grams. Encouragement. Yeah. Yes. So to me, like, yes, there's the digital aspect where it can just be seen and viewed now, but there's something about having like a tangible piece mm -hmm. of God's word. It's nice to look at the Bible verses are embedded within like the truth that's on the Bible gram. So people could either set them like in a holder or maybe it's a part of their devotions with their Bibles. I mean, the sky's the limit what you could do with them. Yeah. Well, we'll be sure to include links to all your sites so people can go and check those out. And um, I know that they will be an encouragement uh, to anyone who sees them. And, you know, to close out this year at Rising Above, 
our theme is restoration. And we're looking at ways that we can bring restoration into our lives, ways that we can allow God to restore our souls. And so what are you doing right now that is currently allowing God to bring restoration into places in your life that need to be restored? Honestly, so I, I did jot down a couple things. Um, so the first thing that comes to my mind is setting aside for purposeful rest. Um, and that might sound cliche, like, okay, how do I rest? Um, I think truly understanding that, you know, Jesus displayed a rhythm in his life where he didn't just go until he was completely on empty. Like he, he took times to be with God and just have that time. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's being more purposeful about like truly practicing a Sabbath, but also like I'd even um, done some social media fasting as well too. Mm -hmm. And just stepping away where I just, you lay those things. Yes. So I think that's been huge, but more, like I said, more intimately learning about Jesus. And that's just been spending a lot of time in the gospels and just reading Mm -hmm. about how he lived and who he was and, how he identified as, as God's son. That's me understanding who he is. gives me a deeper understanding of who I am and permission to live in that space mm-hmm. and not feel like I have to live this frenzied life. That's leaves you ultimately just worn out and burnout. Right. Right. Well, those are great ways to bring restoration. And I agree. Like, we look at our life and go, how in the world do I rest? But rest can come in different formats in different ways. And I think like, I, I will do that too, like having a social media fast, just to shut your mind down from all the chaos that's going on. So, well, Mallory, thank you so much for being with us today, sharing part of your story. And, you know, you're new on this journey. So we'll have to have you back on in time to uh, get an update on how things are going for your family and uh, just as you continue on this journey of being a special needs mom. So thank you for sharing part of your story with us today. Well, thanks for having me, Becky. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.